This is The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM and in the next half hour we're going to be riding with Hugo Gladstone through a two and a half kilometre canal tunnel in a part of England just outside Birmingham and uh, we're going to be hearing from the finest female bike messengers in the fair city of London and we're going to be asking you for your money not something that happens very much on the bike show try and do everything for free but um, I'll explain more in due course regular listeners to the bike show will know that we do our bit to share bike messenger culture around the world um, particularly London bike messenger culture Uh, but people not knowing too much about bike messengers might think that it's a pretty kind of macho type of job Um, dirty dangerous work uh, physical work hard work and not something that would be a natural job for women to do but you'd be absolutely wrong and for as long as there have been bike messengers there have been women bike messengers and uh, some would say that women bike messengers are actually better at their jobs than men My name is Stephanie I'm 29 I'm French originally. Uh, I've arrived in London 10 years ago and I've done this job, bicycle messenger, for seven. My name's Sarah and I've been a cycle courier since I was 21 and I'm 31 now, so it's almost 10 years. Check it out, you got me mesmerized With your black hair and your fat ass thighs Street poetry is my everyday But yo, I gotta stop when you drop my weight If I was working at the club, you would not pay Hey, yo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to say Women couriers tend to be more reliable They might not be the fastest But they end, by the end of the day, they end up making the best money They end up being the best earners because they're reliable and don't mess about. They're not having a coffee as they're supposed to be doing something else. They just get the job done. A good courier is someone who delivers the packages on time, tells their dispatcher, who's the one giving out the jobs, where they are, and don't mess about, gets the job done. And that tends to be girls, actually. It's not enough to be fast. You need to be fast, but if you've got different locations to go, you need to work out what's the best way to get there and the quickest. So I guess experience, you know, is very important. Being aware of what's going on around you. When I started, you, you really want to prove yourself. You want to say, oh, okay, 
I'm up to it, you know, and you go really fast and you don't really know where you're going, but you're just going fast. And after a few years, you know, you realize, well, I can keep my pace, I can go all day, I won't be so tired, I'm more aware of what's going on around me, and I know where I'm going, so the job will be done the same way, even better. When you plan your routes, if you're going from Soho to the to West 2 or something, you know, you won't go on Oxford Street. You'll go, if you're heading west, you'll, you'll go on Brook Street and go sort of through Mayfair because it's a one-way street and then through the park, which has a bike lane. And then if you're going, going east, you'll go just north of Soho on Seymour Street and Wigmore Street. You'll plan your route that way and avoid Oxford Street as much as you can and avoid Park Lane if you can as well. I don't go out during the day thinking, well, let's say, you know, I could die today. But it's probably like one of, apparently it's one of the most dangerous jobs you can do. I think since I've done this job, I've been to uh, three funerals, which I think is three, too much, too many. I don't feel like it would come from me being, uh, being careless now it'll come from just something out of the blue i have no control over and, and i have sometimes i'll be cycling and i'll have this horrible vision of being stuck under a truck and friends of ours have died and it's a reality and it's you, you know you can think oh it's fine and it's not it's scary and i sometimes i'd love to encourage people in london to cycle and then sometimes i I wonder if, if I should, really, because I, I don't know if it's so safe. Well, one of the voices you heard there was Therese Bjorn, um, a great friend of the bike show. And Therese is one of the driving forces behind the revival of roller racing in London, something which is popular with bike messengers, but increasingly popular with all kinds of um I guess more sport-oriented cyclists and the next instalment of the Roller Palooza Roller Race series, um, which is I think the seventh, is going to be on the twenty-seventh of January uh, at the Horseshoe Pub upstairs at Clark in Clerkenwell Close. So, real uh, bike messenger central um, EC one, and qualification starts at five pm. Um, and I think. Is largely a bike messenger crowd, but I think anybody is allowed to enter. And the four best riders um, will be selected to race in the Rafa uh, roller race on the 10th of February at the Shoreditch Town Hall. And that's going to be quite a big night of roller racing, I think, uh, organised by Rafa, who make beautiful bicycle clothing, and um, they are actually having a little bit of a different spin on roller racing, and they are organising it in terms of teams of, uh, I think there's four teams who are going to be um, going head-to-head uh, on the, uh, during the course of the evening, and there'll be te- a team of merchant bankers, a team of PR executives, a team of gym rats, and of course the team of bike messengers london bike messengers and as i said the next roller palooza on the 27th of january um at the horseshoe in clerkenwell close is going to be kind of the qualifying event as it were for the bike messenger team for the rafa roller race on the 10th of february anyway if all that was too difficult to digest um i'll put links on the bike shows um web page which is www.bikeshow.blogspot.com 
com. Anyway, I said I was going to be uh, asking you for your money, and that is exactly what I'm going to be doing in just a moment. might be the root of evil or the love of money more specifically the root of all evil but as far as resonance fm is concerned right now it's the lack of money which is potentially going to be the root of all evil resonance is desperate for a little injection of money um you may not know i don't know if you've been a long long time listener to the station you might know that it's entirely volunteer run Uh, a couple of studio managers and um, of course Ed Baxter of the London Musicians Collective do take a very very modest wage but everybody else so that's all the program makers all the engineers um, people like me doing shows um, every week entirely unpaid but we do need money uh, just to pay the basic costs of keeping the station going the aerial the, the basic equipment the rent on the studio here our little attic garret in, uh, in, in Soho. We need to pay these bills. Otherwise, the station is going to go out of business. And if you listen regularly to the uh, schedule of Resonance FM, you'll know that there is nowhere else, nowhere in London, nowhere in the UK, nowhere in the world where you can get a variety of broadcasting that is as rich and as interesting and as different as what you hear on Resonance FM. Just today, um, we've obviously got the bike show, the art rocker preceding us, um, bringing new rock and more to the airwaves. Earlier in the day, Bridget Nichols, keen gentlewoman naturalist, looking at the natural world, looking at all different kinds of freaky animals and plants and insects. Um, you've got William Blake being read a lot on Resonance You've got a show tomorrow entirely devoted to 78s. That is life before vinyl at 1.30. Um, there is a Serbian program, Serbian culture. There's programs about the alternative side of the blues. There's high-class reggae, the 50-50 reggae experience on Tuesday evenings. Uh, there's Rocket Girl. Uh, there's basically just something different every hour of resonance and it's all done by people who are doing it for the love of it but we need to raise about pounds to keep things going um, into the next year the resonance has been going for five years or so but this is potentially a crunch point anyway we're going to be um, asking for your money um, whether it's a large amount or a little amount um, everything counts um, and there are lots of ways to give you can sign up and be a regular donor Uh, with a standing order um, 
or you could just give a one-off uh, lump sum uh, if it's just 10 pounds or 50 pounds or 100 dollars I, I know there are a lot of people listening over in the united states uh, to the bike show podcast um, around about uh, 1,500 regular downloaders of the Bike Show podcast. Come on. You know, I know the dollar's weak at the moment, but we could really do with a little donation just to show your recognition of um, the work that Resonance does and, more importantly, just to keep us on air. Um, and the best thing you could probably do is become a friend of Resonance FM, and this is how you would go about doing that. We want you to join our Friends of Resonance scheme. Basically, Resonance FM needs people to give us a gift of £10 a month in order to help keep us going. Now, you may ask, what's in it for you? Aside from the warm and fuzzy feeling, every month you'll get a cool free gift, and quarterly you'll get an extra cool gift. Now, we need 200 people or so to make this scheme worthwhile, so if you're interested, get in touch. Info at ResonanceFM.com well, I don't think this is it. We are going to be asking for listening. more money uh, from you on the bike show for the next month or so, building up to How Much Do You Love Us week, which is going to be around about the 14th of February, um, where it's going to be an all-out fundraising drive, and we're going to hopefully uh, raise enough money to keep the uh, station going, because if we don't, it'll be an absolute tragedy. The bike show will end, everything will end, the whole world pretty much will come to an end. Ah, anyway, now for something back on our bikes. Um, you may recall the last two episodes of The Bike Show were doorstep adventures. We called them with um, the charming Patrick Field, um, London bicycle guru, although he doesn't like to be referred to as a bicycle guru. He prefers the moniker guru. Um, anyway, uh, we rode along in the first half of the uh, ride along the Northern Sewage Outflow Pipe, um, which is a great big tunnel essentially taking the shit out of London, um, uh, built in the Victorian era, and now there's a bicycle way on top of that uh, tunnel. Um, and it was a strange coincidence that I've uh, uh, heard from Hugo Gladstone, who's been out and about on his bike and um, recording this and that over the last few months, um, that he'd been on a ride um, on the longest canal tunnel in the UK, which is the 2.3-kilometre Netherton Tunnel in the um, West Midlands, just outside Birmingham, kind of borough of Dudley. And um, uh, he went along on a ride um, through the tunnel with the Stourbridge Bicycle Users Group. And uh, this is what happened. It's half past ten on a Saturday morning and um, I'm in Stourbridge on a train. I'm travelling here with uh, Russell Leyden who's um, about to take us on a ride, a sort of um, mini suburban adventure. Russell, tell us exactly what we're doing. Uh, well, we've, as you just said, we've just left Stourbridge on the train. We're cycling, we're going to travel up to Snow Hill Station right in the middle of Birmingham. Uh, where we'll cycle a very short distance and join the uh, fascinating uh, sort of canal network that's almost like the bowels of Birmingham. And we'll follow that uh, canal network out through, uh, uh, out west from, from Birmingham and taking us to the, 
2,800 metre long Netherton Tunnel, which uh, is really, really exciting for uh, the children that we've got with us because it really is pitch dark in there. And then we come out of there, we'll follow uh, other canals and trails back down to Stourbridge where we'll round up with, uh, with some tea and some cake in a nice cafe. Uh, this is uh, th this ride is part of uh, the local bicycle user group that uh, that we formed in Stourbridge. Uh, the idea is to get more people out on bikes, and uh, you know one of the reasons that uh, we thought we'd bring them on this ride is because of the excitement levels that it would generate, and it's just a good opportunity for children of the ages. I think the youngest child that we have here today is maybe uh, maybe eight or nine, and they're going to cycle 20 miles today, which is quite uh, quite an achievement. Have any of them sort of done that distance before? Uh, I don't know that they've done that sort of distance before. Uh, certainly some of them have. My, uh, my, my nine-year-old's done this ride quite a few times, and it's because I've seen how excited he gets about it uh, that uh, I thought we'd try and offer it to others. You know, they're, they're going to get, they're going to have a really good time. They're going to do 20 miles, going to get covered in all sorts of muck and grime and dirt. Uh, it's exactly what children should be doing on Saturday morning, rather than sitting in front of a, some sort of games console. And if we can use, uh, you know, if they'll go to school and uh, and encourage other people to come out, then uh, goodness knows how many people we might be able to get in the summer. Now, the big feature today really is the, the tunnel, the, the Netherton Tunnel. Um, how did you first sort of come across the idea of? Well, how did you first come across the tunnel, and then what made you go riding through it? Uh, I, I should have remembered that it was there, really, but uh, I found myself trying to deviate my cycle commute home from Birmingham one day, and uh, I thought, I'll just try the canals. And I cycled down the canal, realised the canal I was following didn't go to where I lived, so I had to turn off. I followed a different branch and it brought me to the uh, brought me to the tunnel. I didn't have any lights with me and uh, I was forced to walk all the way through there in the pitch black uh, through all the through all the puddles and it took about 40 minutes and uh, I just did a little bit of research about it. Uh, subsequently, found out how long it is. It's one of the only canal tunnels in the whole of the UK with uh, with towpaths on both sides. So it's quite uh, you know quite unique in some respects. And this might be one of the last chances we'll get to ride it for a while. Well, that's right. The uh, I'm led to believe that in uh, in January they're going to close the the, the towpaths uh, for uh, sort of pedestrian and cyclist access because I think they're in the, the condition of them is too poor, which is a real shame because it's almost the condition of them that makes it, uh, you know, adds excitement to the ride. We're a good few miles out of Birmingham now, and um, I've just gone on ahead of the group a little bit, and um, sitting on top of a bridge, waiting for them to come along the canal. We just sort of arrived at Snow Hill Station, and then wiggled out along a few streets, under a few subways, and all of a sudden we we're on the the, uh, the canal path. And uh, the group are about to come past us. Dad! Dad! Oh. We're still underneath a big flyover. We're six miles out from uh, Snow Hill Station now. Um, and there's quite a few things going on around us. Uh, Russ, just talk us through... Uh, through where we are. We're at uh, a very interesting uh, part of the 
Birm- the main Birmingham to Wolverhampton Canal here. And uh, what we're looking at are uh, is it the, the five main supports, uh, concrete supports that is, uh, submerged it right in the middle of the canal. And these supports uh, are holding up what is the uh, the M5 motorway uh, in Oldbury. And it's a very interesting contrast here between this concrete some would say monstrosity uh, sort of contrasting with the old uh, brick bridge that's right next to it with uh, some lovely lovely stone arches and uh, blue bricks in, a, in an English bond and then we've got railways uh, railways going through as well so uh, you know a real uh, coming together of a number of modes of transport and of course the towpath with uh, of cyclists on it and, um, and what is around us then around the countryside because we've we're down in the canals, we're sort of down in the, down in a sort of a ditch. Well, you used a word there that I wouldn't really use in this area. You, you said countryside. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pretty much in, in uh, Oldbury and West Bromwich, which is about as far removed from countryside as you can be. Although, uh, obviously, the, uh, you know, the banks of the canal uh, you know, are quite well vegetated, and we're looking out, looking out uh, west now, and the, uh, the clouds are thinning out, and there's uh, what looks like uh, some, possibly some blue sky that we're going into. That, that is where the countryside is. But in this, this area, so we're close to West Bromwich, uh, which is you'd be famous for their uh, uh, not particularly good football team, uh, but you know really into getting into the heart of what is called the uh, the, the Black Country, which is the sort of the, the main industrial part of the Midlands. So this is it. Exciting bit. The tunnel. Grace, are you looking forward to the tunnel? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just the best bit of the ride. Yeah. Okay, we're halfway along the Netherton Tunnel now, um, and it's uh, look either way. We can just about see the ends of the tunnel, a glimmer at each end, and everyone else has turned their lights off. So I better join in and turn mine off. visitor centre just on the other side of the um, Neverton Tunnel and um, it's called Bumble Hole. Uh, we've all come through the, the tunnel together and I, I'm just going to ask some of the riders here what they what they thought of the tunnel and the ride so far. The ride it was it was rather flat but I thought it it was quite hard going when you had to go up the little bridges but it was mainly downhill and flat. And the tunnel? Um, tunnel was is it was looked a lot longer than it actually was, but um, and it was quite quite a few potholes in it. But yeah, we got through, and it was quite quite uh, watery in there. We got really muddy. I like the passing underneath the uh, underneath the M5 where you've got the railway and you've got the canal and you've got the road all together. It's a big crossing, and and I enjoyed the tunnel. I can find it fun because it's not like your everyday thing that you'd ride ride through, and um, it's really long and there's tons of potholes. So you think you get to the end and then you're just further away than you think you are. You've got good lights on your bike. Uh, yeah, we have to charge them every. We have to charge them if we're going to use them though. 
it's it's unfortunate if they if the battery runs out and you're in the middle of the tunnel. Yeah, it is pretty. Has that happened to you before then? Um, well, my dad didn't know about the tunnel once, and he, start, he started coming through it when he didn't have any lights, and he just stuck in there, and he, st- he took him about an hour to get all the way through. Uh, I like the tunnel. The tunnel. Mm-hmm. Is that the first time you've been through that tunnel? Uh, yeah. yeah. What's so good about riding in the tunnel? Uh, it's bumpy, and you can make e- echoes. Also on the ride here today, we've got Martin, who's um, a member of the, the police force. Is it West Mercia Police Force? West Midlands. West Midlands Police Force. Yes, uh, my name's Martin. I've got 22 years service and I work in the Dudley area. Um, predominantly, we use uh, push bikes as a form of um, patrol. I've been riding a bike for about 18 months. Um, we've moved now to engage more with the public. Um, not only to reduce crime but to reduce fear of crime and we're finding that use of the push bikes is superb for this. We can be out on foot or we can go in, in a car but uh, we can cover a greater distance um, and different areas whilst using the push bikes. And then your, uh, your bike's equipped with sirens and um, horns and lights? We've certainly got lights, uh, normal standard lights. I know that some areas, something down in uh, London, then the police have got sirens and blue lights on there push bikes but um, we're not that advanced yet so <laughs> you've put your lights to good use today anyway oh we in the tunnel yet yeah, the, uh, the kids loved it it was the first time i've been through the tunnel and uh, it was very enjoyable so we're now in uh, stourbridge town center right beneath the clock tower outside um, a cafe uh, from the um, bumble hole visitor center we carried on along the canal went past a gentrified wharf Drop down past the um, Murray Hill Shopping Centre, a huge commercial area, and then down past nine locks or so into yeah, just Stourbridge. From there, we've sort of traced the um, local cycle paths and wondered at some of the uh, design work that's gone into them, some uh, oddly placed barriers. And now we've arrived here in Stourbridge High Street. Uh, standing right beside me here, we've got Ed. Have you enjoyed yourself today? Uh, yes, thank you. Are you tired? Yeah. What are you going to do now? Go home. Go home? You're not going to stop for tea and cakes? Uh, well, after that. <laughs> I bet you like cake, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to have? Uh, muffin, maybe. Sounds good to me. <laughs> well, that was Hugo Gladstone enjoying a ride through a two and a half kilometre canal tunnel. Uh, with the Stour Bridge Bicycle Users Group and getting a bit of cake action in at the end there. Thanks, Hugo, for that report and looking forward to hearing more from you on The Bike Show in 2007. Tell me you have cheated And you've shared your love With someone else's new love What you needed Your kiss has changed It's not the same as it was When you were true Your telltale kiss and lying lips Have told the truth on you You said you couldn't live on love And life was getting tough The time had come when love alone Just wasn't good enough I couldn't give the money And you surely would Put me down and come 
This has been The Bike Show. My name's Jack Thurston, and we do need, as I say, your love for resonance and your money. Uh, it's not good enough just loving resonance and listening to it. Unfortunately, at this point in our history, we need people to dig in their pockets, and I can bet you that pretty much everybody involved in resonance who makes programs is already putting their money in as well as their time, and it just needs for the listeners all of you thousands, tens of thousands of people out there in London, in the UK, around the world to help us out of this hole that we are in. Until next week, chapeau. Clear Spots up next.